In total, like if I had to say yay or nay on the rule changes wholesale, I would vote yes on the rule changes. I think in total they were yep. they were positive. What's up, Dad Hat Crew, and thank you for joining me on yet another episode of the Dad Hat Chronicles podcast, part two of my conversation with Paul Caputo of Baseball by Design and Patrick Larson of MILB Head History. Uh, in this episode, um, we continue our conversation of uh, our overall thoughts and feelings on the Major League Baseball uh, season. Uh, this one, uh, we, we, we discussed um, a couple of things. Uh, one, uh, some of the rules that uh, took place during this year, what we liked, didn't like, uh, how we felt about it, all that good stuff, right? And then also we talked about um, relocation of uh, certain baseball teams, expansion. So um, this was a good conversation. So uh, without further ado, guys, I'm going to go ahead and give you the episode. I would say, though, the, the two rules that that i did not like the uh, genuinely i feel that the runner on second and extra innings changes the way the game is played i just it it Mm -hmm. fundamentally changes the way the game is played it upends a lot of these rules like you know a a pitcher a pitcher can throw a perfect game and lose because he can you know you can throw nine perfect innings and then you can come in and give two sac- give up two sacrifice flies and lose the game <laughs> because the runner on got to second. So like that just there's just too much like too much of a wild card for the, for that. And then the other one that I really really dislike more than I thought I was going to is the limiting on uh, pickoff attempts. Yeah, I don't like that one. I'll just, say that I'm not a fan of it. that one it changed it so much, right? Like to have one pickoff attempt and be like, well, they got one more chance at trying to pick them off. And then, uh, and then if that doesn't work, then they're probably not going to try to pick them off. Cause then it's a balk like that. That was just one of those things. I just don't think you get repeated pickoff attempts enough for them to warrant changing the game. So fundamentally, I think it inflates stolen base numbers as well, because, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. a good, a good base runner is going to know that you're going to do that, especially if you're a threat yeah. and you're, and you're, and you're someone who's going to steal a base. I think yeah. I think it's going to inflate those numbers and, yeah. and it's not going to really show how good of a base runner you really are. I mean, mm-hmm. because anyone anyone can just can can just wait can play that game of trying to get trying to force a runner take a big lead. You know, if you can if you're quick enough mm-hmm. to get back. I mean, it. Well, uh, think about I mean, it this way, because and and I'm glad that you brought up Acuna, right? Because you know Acuna knew about that rule. You yeah. know well that Acuna knew that's like he can only throw here a couple of times, and then after that. It's fair game. So all I have to do is act like I'm going to steal the base right away. He's going to throw over. I'm not going to get caught because he really, he rarely did uh, if if he didn't at all. Right. And then at that point, you're like, all right, now I can go. Right. Well, right. well how many times did Acuna steal both second and third base, you know, in a given, you know, in a given hit, you know, like yeah. he, I mean, he did, he did that multiple times. And then, I mean, there were seasons where you rarely ever saw that. I mean, you yeah. were lucky if they stole one base. Yeah. So now, Guys regularly stealing second and third base in a in a you know in a in a given inning. That's I mean, fun. it just came more. Yeah, it is fun, but it also with the limited pickoff attempts, it became more commonplace, which takes out a little bit of the dimension of excitement for me when you see it more. The yeah. rarity of something can sometimes it's good. It's good. I like seeing it, but I also like I, I like it to be unpredictable when it happens. So Trey, Trey Turner set a record for stolen base attempts without being caught this year. 
he had like 30 some stolen bases and was not thrown out once during the regular season. So, and then another player, Ellie De La Cruz, mm-hmm. since he, yeah. yeah, yeah. How many now, times did he still home? How many that's I don't know the answer to that. How many times I, did I he think still it was home? like at least two or three times that he did yeah. it Ooh, since yeah. he came up, right? That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, I mean, awesome. it really did affect the way in which a pitcher plays the game, right? Because a lot mm-hmm. of the times, a lot of these pitchers like they throw a lot to. Uh, to first base and they do it on purpose they don't they know they're not going to catch that that runner but they know they're gonna you know they're playing that psychological game uh, with the batter and the runner at the same time i saw bryce harper steal home in the nlcs that was pretty cool in arizona that was when i saw him do it in person um hey one other thing about this year uh that has not happened yet in the major leagues but i really really want it to And, and then i have something else to say about the major leagues this year uh but on Baseball Palooza, I saw for the first time at two different games, at two different levels, the new challenge rule on balls and strikes. Oh, I'm a fan. That is love awesome. Love Holy it. smokes. Love it. Barely took any time at all, like seconds, yep. right? Like four or five seconds and held yep. held the – yeah, exactly. Held the, the players accountable, yep. held the umpires accountable, like – if you're a complainy player, if you're going to complain about every single pitch and then you challenge it and then you it gets shown that, hey, you were wrong. Or if you're an umpire that keeps calling the same pitch off the plate a, a strike and and, you, and you're punishing batters for having a better eye than you do to to hold those people accountable, like even at triple A games, like that was so much fun to see. Right. Yeah. Like it was such an interesting I mean, part of the game. Did not hold the game up at all. Didn't have to go to New York. Didn't have to do any of that. Yeah. And then especially. Uh, at the Tacoma Rainiers game where I was, they had the um the you know the pitch tracking software set up that they actually had it like on screen, like they would yeah. show the pitch tracker on screen, and that was that yeah. was super cool, super cool. Yeah, the Gwinnett Stripers had that regularly. I mean, almost every game there were challenges. I mean, it was yeah. and it was very smooth because they'd say the player. I mean, it took like you said five seconds. It said the players challenged the call at the plate, and they'd show up on the scoreboard where the where the pitch landed, and they're like mm-hmm. the call has been overturned or that call stands. Perfect, and it. Loved it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and I mean, and what I also liked about it is they showed it on the screen, the, uh, and on the Jumbotron at the game. Mm-hmm. Like yep. they showed it right away. It's like, and it's like, whoop, there it is. There, there's yep. a camera right there. I saw it. It's like, that's a, that was a pitch outside or that was yep. a fumble. And it was great because all the, all the batter yep. has to do is literally touch the top of his head of yep. his helmet yep. and then yep. challenge it right there. Oh. Go. It yep. was such and, a, and the fans, a good yeah. rule. Yeah, and it involves the fans too when you put it up on the scoreboard like that because yeah. now you know what's going on. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. You're part of the game because a lot of times you're like, was that a yay or an A? Like, what, right. like what happened? Right, so right. it's very smooth. I agree. Good point. I have I have something else about this season, Ed, that I want to comment on. If I, yeah, if go I, for it. I realize I've been, you know, blah, blah, blah. But one of the things that I – one of the things – one of the arguments that I think does not hold water and it's like – you can point to a lot of evidence about it, but I think it's circumstantial. The playoff format being a disadvantage to teams that get the buy. I don't think that that's what's happening here. I don't think that's why these teams are getting knocked out. I don't think they're going cold because they have essentially like an all-stars break okay. worth of time off. I think what's happening is these third division winners and these, you know, the the three wild card winners they're getting there on the strength. And this is what the Phillies did. The Phillies got there on the strength of a good offense and a pitching rotation that had a really good one and two and a solid number three. And you can win 85 to 90 games with three 
good pitchers in a five man rotation. Right. I think the teams that were winning a hundred games, the Braves, the Dodgers, right? Like these teams that were winning a hundred games, they're doing it with a much stronger pitching rotation, top to bottom, like one through five, their fifth starter might be the third starter on another team, mm-hmm. but that means nothing when you get to the playoffs. And yeah, so 100%. I don't think it's the fact that their hitters are going cold because they had a, had a, a couple days off. I think it's because the one through three pitchers for teams like the Phillies and the Diamondbacks match up with the one through three pitchers on the Dodgers and the Braves where you run into trouble. And that helps you in a three game series, a five game series, less so a seven game series. But, you know, if you're if you're playing these early series, these best of five series and you only need to go three starters deep then you're almost on equal footing with them. And I just think, I think that that's much more the case. I think if you, if you really want to quote, fix the playoff system to get the best regular season teams into the world series, you've just got to play longer series. You know, if you're going to have four rounds of the playoffs, but you won't. Right. So I don't, you know, I don't know what you do. (laughs) If, If your goal is to get the, the best regular season teams into the world series, I don't know what you do. Because you're not, you don't want to play into December. You don't want to shorten the regular season. But I don't think, I just don't think that eliminating the buy is going to fix the problem the way most people do. I'll, I have a couple of couple of thoughts. Okay. Uh, um, and, and then I'll start I'll with. I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for uh, calling. <laughs> um, okay. So, first of all, on the, uh, let's go back to something that you said regarding the, the, the challenge rule, right. And, uh, in triple a, double a, triple a, right. Mm-hmm. Um, one, I saw it live, mm-hmm. right. I was at a ball game out here at the Durham bulls and with Zach Rabb who works for minor league baseball. Right. Yeah. And we're enjoying it. And I was telling us like, you know what? I'm such a big fan of this new rule. He was like, yeah, it's really has worked out for us mm-hmm. as well. We like, you know, for major league, because it shows that a challenge system in which, like you said, the players, the coaches, the the umpires are being held accountable mm-hmm. live in front of your fans is good baseball. Yeah. It's it's great baseball. Yeah. yeah. When it comes to um to baseball, and I and I love your to the playoffs, and I love your comment on the one, two, three, you know, lineup that you're right. You're 100 percent right. Because if you're already in the playoffs, that means that you fought 162 games. Is no longer one of those like, oh, you have to really win 140 to 150, you know what I mean? Be competitive one through all those. And the other ones, right, you're already in the playoffs no matter what. Mm-hmm. Right. The fact that like you have those one, two, and three, it makes it a whole lot competitive. And also what the also shows is these managers are thinking game one, game two, and game three at the same time. They're no longer just like, you know, like a couple of years ago where the wild card was only one game. I was like, let's just throw our best player out there. And then that's it. You know, it is what it is. The team, the better team loses. That's all on them. Mm-hmm. The playoff format right now. I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. I am a big, 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 big fan of the wild card series, the best of three. Mm-hmm. Then you move on to the divisional series, the best of five, and then the league championship seven world series seven. I think it is out of all of the sports. It has to be the best player format out there. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd agree. Even even rooting for a team that came out on the wrong side of a wild card series, it was perfectly fair. I mean, it's I mean, you you've got to when you finish in one of those positions, you have to go out and prove yourself. And mm-hmm. and I think you're given an opportunity in the best of three series to prove yourself because you're gonna throw your best out there and it's not just a one game. I mean, if you have a if you have a starter that 
that, you know, for that one game doesn't perform, at least you can come back the next day and have another one of your top arms come out and hopefully perform up to his, his expect, you know, his capabilities. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do it, then, you know, and the other team does, you've been given a fair shot. I mean, in a best of three series, I think you're given a fair shot to give, to, to put your best, to get, to put up your best effort. And if it, and if it doesn't work, you can't say it's just the luck of one game. I mean, you, if you can't do it over, over a three game series, you're probably not going to do it over a best of five or a best of seven. I mean, that's just, that's how I look. I mean, it's a good, it's a good sample size of what you're going to be doing and how you're playing at that time. Cause it is about at the end of the day, who gets hot at the right time and everything's got to click. So um, I think a good team, if they're going to do that, some of these teams that play a hundred games, I think some of them get also burned out because some of them like an Atlanta Braves, like they, you know, they had so many games where their offense is, you know, churning out 10, 11, 12 runs. I mean, and hitting Homer after Homer at some point, you're not going to do that over 162 games in the playoffs. I don't, you know, more to more often than not. So I, I, I think that sometimes they may get burned out and, um, mm-hmm. Um, it's not not every team, but I think in the case of like a Braves, they and they hit a juggernaut in terms of the, the Philadelphia Phillies. I mean, they, I mean that that series to me wasn't even close. I mean, the one game that the Braves did win, it was a three inning rally. I mean, there were three innings of that series where I thought the Braves played like they did in the regular season. The rest of the time, they were a shadow of what they were. And you know, it's but but I'm with you. I'm a really big fan of the of the series format, even even with my blue Jays coming out on the wrong side of it. It's, it was fair. I can't, I can't sit here and say yeah. that they were hosed. I mean, it's. And for it, anybody it, to say that, you know, like all oh, the, the, they shouldn't be including this wild card format. Uh, yeah, they should. They, and you know, you don't like to, a lot of times you don't like to give major league baseball too much credit because mm-hmm. you know, how this is how it always goes, but I'll give them their due when it comes to this, their, this playoff format and adding the, the extra, the team and all that. Right. That was a home run. Um, I agree with you, Paul. I think the the throw to first, you know, the pickoff, that's a dumb rule. I think they should get away from that. Um, I will slightly disagree with you on the runner on second. Now, hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. Before you tell me to get off your lawn. Um, uh, I think that, you know, the first, you know, extra couple of innings, right? It should be normal baseball. Um, That's what I would think. Then you move instead of putting the runner, the ghost runner on second, in my opinion, should be on first. Now that what inning? Um say 12th inning. 14th. Why for that's too far though, (laughs) right? Because with major league baseball and I thought you were gonna say eleven. Huh? I thought you were gonna say the eleventh inning. No, I would say the twelfth. All right, you know, give 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 you know the tenth inning and the and the eleventh inning to mm-hmm. play a, mm-hmm. two extra innings of regular baseball, and at that point, all right, let's change the rules, right? Mm-hmm. Let's go, you know, runner on first, and then see how it goes. I wouldn't put it on second because it the runner on second is a much bigger advantage to the home team than mm-hmm. it is to the mm-hmm. the the away team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just how that goes, right? Because if the the away team just scores that one run the home team can still tie it and then here we go again we got to do this all over so yeah. i would i would i would change it to that yeah you know i i can see that and like you know people are always arguing this by like with the slippery slope argument right like let's load let's give them the bases loaded and give them four outs and let's start a let's start the yeah, that's ninth inning with dumb. a runner halfway down the third baseline and so you know i'm not going to do that to you but uh I just I think your point about 
the advantage to the home team in that situation is just the sort of that's, you know, that's what just makes it feel sort of softball beer league to me. Mm-hmm. Right. Like just sort of just to me is like, you know, Oh, well, we're only, we're paying these umpires for two hours and we got to get them out of here so we can all go to the bar and, you know, let's, let's go hit sliders and, mm-hmm. you know, hit on the bartender. Uh, so, you know, I think that that's, uh, that it just feels that way to me. It just feels like, all right, we played enough. Let's get the heck out of here. Okay. So let me ask you this then. And, and for, right. for, for the sake of argument of, of this, right. Okay. So do you think that it is fair for minor league baseball to have this rule over major league baseball? Is it okay in the minors to have this rule, the runner on second, right. in extra innings over the major leagues. So I do. And I'll tell you why. I'm a huge fan of the Pioneer League, which is not uh, affiliated minor league baseball. It's independent. I minor knew league this baseball. was coming. I was just waiting. I was waiting, <laughs> I was waiting for it myself. <laughs> yeah. I was, I, it was in my mind. I know. I still, it was in my I, mind too because that was that was my next question. I was like, all right, so let's go into the extra inning rule in the Pioneer yeah. League. And the Pioneer League will tell you, a, it's totally fun. I have not gotten to see it yet. The Pioneer League, famously. They end their games if they're tied after nine innings. They end them with a home run contest, which is gimmicky and hilarious and awesome. I totally love it, right? Like, I think it's I think it's amazing. The reason I like it is because they, they will tell you explicitly, right? Like, these independent minor leagues, every single dollar counts. And they are protecting their investments, basically, mm-hmm. right? Like, they can't afford to have a, a pitcher go deep in a game and get injured, you know, if a game goes 14, 15 innings, right? Like you just, you know, that's just, just the reality of those leagues. Okay. I think it's also true in affiliated baseball, right? Like where their job is not to win games. I mean, as much fun as it is to go to a minor league Four baseball game fans, and, yeah. and see the home team win, their job is to develop those players. Those minor league baseball games with apologies to Eric profit are exhibition games. Right. Like those are those are exhibitions. Okay, Those are players in training that the Major League Baseball team is putting out there to develop as players. And to me, the idea that Major League Baseball, which, you know, as we know, took over minor league baseball, is going to mm-hmm. implement rules to protect their investments, their those investment, young players, yeah. then yep. that's their prerogative. I think once you get to the highest level of the sport, you know, the premier professional level of baseball you play it in as pure a form as possible okay <laughs> that's why so that's why i'm okay with it in the minors and i'm especially okay with the pioneer league's home run contest oh i'm i'm i'm, I'm with you on the pioneer league i think it's a fun yeah. you know like you know for a certain like the like for example let's say uh, the the high point rockers, right? You know, that's a professional b- baseball league. Mm-hmm. If they started doing that as well, I'm okay with that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. This is because there, there has to be an understanding of what Major League Baseball is and mm-hmm. affiliated baseball is, right? Mm-hmm. Collegiate Woodbat, the Northwoods League, or, you know, here in the Appy League, right? If they do something like that, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, Major League Baseball, uh, you know, to an extent, I would I agree with you when it comes to those rules, right? Uh, I'm I'm a fan of the pitch clock. Could it be extended a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. I I, I think it'll be it'll be good. I'm I'm very very interested to see what they do this off season, right? Um, because it's going to be very interesting going forward. Theo Epstein, you got to hand it to the guy. He has done a pretty good job so far. Couple, you know, more 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 positives than than the negative, you know, for him right now. 
that's my takeaway from this year in Major League Baseball. The the rule changes, I think, in total, like if I had to say yay or nay on the rule changes wholesale, I would vote yes on the rule changes. I think in total they were yep. they were positive. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that. Um, I, I was very skeptical to start the season because I didn't want to mess with I didn't want to mess with baseball being baseball, like in terms of like even directly or indirectly being affected by a clock yeah, per se. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, artificially or not, um, putting a time limit on it to some degree. But I'll admit that I was wrong. I mean, I, overall, and I'm with Paul on this in totality, I was really good with the rule changes. Uh, certain things, I, I have minor complaints, kind of like Paul does about certain aspects of them. I think, I don't think they're perfect. I think they can be refined to kind of, uh, to kind of, after learning from this year, I think there's tweaks that can be made. But overall, Credit to Major League Baseball. I thought it was, it's probably been good overall, if I'm honest, for families as well, especially families with kids. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I mean, 100%. It, yeah, it's one thing for me to say, oh, I, I'd love to watch a 20 inning game. But then for some people who have kids that need to get kids at home and bed by a certain time. Let's and, be honest, after, after the fifth inning, sixth, seventh inning, yeah. you know, your kids turn into terrorists. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's how that goes. Well, I mean, I, and I think it, I think it helps attendance, especially in the minor leagues about, you know, especially on like weeknights. I mean, it's one thing if you're doing it on Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays, which is where let's face it, that's where most minor league teams are depending on filling the seats, but even on a given, you can have a theme night or a special giveaway night on a weekday. And you would at least have an increased chance to have a family of four or five to come to a game rather than. You know, knowing that there's no way in the world that the game ends, mm-hmm. you, know, you don't know when the game's going to end. You, you you can basically guarantee you're not going to get those people through the turnstiles. So, um, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, so overall, I'm a fan of the changes. Okay, all right, a couple more questions, so that way, you know, we 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 start wrapping this up. Uh, but there, a couple of things that did happen uh, throughout the the year that I wanted to get you guys' opinion on is. Um, Major League Baseball's intent on definitely they they're looking to expand. That's it. It is is it's a it's not a secret, right? Everybody knows that Major League Baseball wants to um, they want to expand. Some of the things that did happen though that you know um, that the commissioner said was that they needed to resolve, but they still need to resolve two other teams' home overall you know where they're going to be uh their stadium where they're going to be playing and all of that so they that needed to be defined and that needed to be solidified right and, and those two teams are the oakland athletics and the tampa bay Rays. um for some good positive news for our mutual friend anna right the tampa bay rays decided that the, hey listen we want to keep you guys here we are going to invest in the future we here's a brand new uh, ballpark when it comes to the oakland athletics that's a little bit different, right? And and I did not know this, but uh, the owners has not really haven't. I don't think they haven't approved the move to Vegas just yet, right? That's still a little bit up in the air. Yeah, I'm curious to see. You know, I mean, I saw something on Twitter the other day that was like that said, "Oh, the there here's the construction plan, and they're going to start building, and the stadium's going to be ready for 2028." And there's sort of questions about where the Oakland A's will play during that time. I can't imagine that they're going to play three more seasons at the Coliseum, right? Like, I mean, no that's just, way. Yeah. You know, so no way in the world. I also don't think that 
the Las Vegas ballpark where the aviators play right now. I don't think that that's a viable thing either. Right. Like I just don't, you know, there's, there's no dome, right? Like, so it's outdoor baseball and the capacity for that stadium is not nearly what it needs to be for a major league team. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, and I realized that the blue Jays, played in Buffalo during COVID. I mean, that there's, <laughs> that was awesome. That it was, was actually different kind of, though, because there was, was no one different. there. Right. <laughs> hey, the Bison's got a lot of upgrades. They, the Bison's got a lot of upgrades and then they, you know, they, they got to hang out and play in Trenton, which was, uh, that whole thing was just so wackadoodle. Oh my God. That whole thing ha- with yeah. the Trenton Thunder and the, in yeah. the major league baseball draft <laughs> league. Oh my God. And, and the Bison's actually played at night as the Thunder. Yeah. Yeah. That was <laughs> hilarious. The, yeah. It the was Bison's. Great. The bisons. the bisons, the bisons. <laughs> so anyway, I feel like I, I I hijacked your question there, Ed. No, 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 and 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 that's what I want, right? Because okay. I, I, yeah. um, that's uh, it, the the truth is is the the, the we thought that the Oakland A's were going to be gone, and they were like, yeah, it's a done deal, right? Vegas, here we come. Mm-hmm. Not no. so fast, right? Like, no. Oh, the, the only thing that truly officially happened is that you know it was it was approved by the state of Nevada. I mean, that's the, you know, like it's, you know, they went, they went through their due diligence, but that doesn't mean anything if the, if the major league owners don't approve it. So Which is I mean, wild, right. Because they're going yeah. to be leasing an, a, a ballpark yeah. in Vegas yeah. when in Oakland, they would have been owning a brand new ballpark. They were doing this yeah. whole massive plan, redeveloping area in Oakland. And I don't know what the owner is doing at this point. This gets at, by the way, something Super interesting in baseball. It's a total diversion, and I apologize for this. I love it. Four or five years ago, if you had put on a game and the announcers were talking about betting odds and, you know, gambling lines, like the the fact that like national broadcast, the local Phillies broadcast does it, like they have incorporated gambling into the broadcast in a way that is totally shocking, right? Like mm-hmm. totally. And not yeah. that I disapprove of it. I actually, I mean, we talked on your live show, Ed, about how, you know, I, I enjoy timidly sports gambling. I, you know, I never bet more than like $5 at a time. Yeah. I'm not a big bet. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know, I know when to quit, but it's fun yeah. and I'm aware of it. And I like to go to Las Vegas with my friends and, you know, it's a way to entertain yourself watching NFL football all day. I was shocked to find major league baseball just doing a 180 and fully embracing gambling but not just major league baseball the nba nhl and Mm -hmm. you know all of them every single league has approved yeah this now and it's even extending over into like sports entertainment with like wrestling like wwe they've even started introducing it over there on those type things so it's talking about a fake sport i mean i'm kidding i'm kidding (laughs) relax and i wasn't talking about like whether you like it or not but like it's it's made it over there now which is already it's real to me. Yeah. So it's a um so, so and I don't know how you're gonna regulate it over there with stuff that's already um predetermined in a sense anyway. Right. I mean right. it's you know, so how are you gonna bet on that? I mean, it's a very gray area, but yeah, it's and yet we can we can embrace all that and then yet the likes of a Pete Rhodes are still banned. Well, it's wild the, to me. It's wild yeah. to me that they yeah, and, and like I said, I don't disapprove. It just is shocking. Like, it's mm-hmm. just shocking to yeah. me. And I don't, you know, I think nowhere in the world is sports gambling better regulated than in Las Vegas, right? Like, so I'm not worried about any sort of like gambling. Oh, no, 100%. That's why you have an NBA team there. That's why you have a right, WNBA. Right, right. Yeah. You know, that's just gonna, yeah. not NBA team, I'm sorry, um, WNBA, NHL. They yeah. have a team there. 
it's inevitable they're they're the nfl right there as well is inevitable that all of the leagues want there because that's a market that that is just waiting to be you know taken advantage of but not just playing in vegas but now that sports gambling like DraftKings, right like is you know an app that is legal in many states and 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 FanDuel, those things and they're like the fact that they're you know, just advertised mid-game. I mean, the Phillies broadcast will come on and they'll be like, well, at the beginning of this game, the Phillies were minus 105 and now they're minus 165 yeah. with a two-run lead. And it's like, well, it's like, what the heck? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's live betting, right? MGM mm-hmm. is all over, you know, Major League Baseball's app, right? I mean, it's yep. there. Um, yep. You have the the uh, the their app where in which you can, you know, play the bingo game, right? Like, you know, and it's like, all right, you know, you can do different, you know, bettings on 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 that. So it is over. It's over. It, at, at this point, if you live under a rock, you should know that they're all in bed with the gambling. It's just how it is. Yeah. It is a lot of money. Gonna, they're not gonna well, they're not gonna yeah. lose it. Well, and also like, and also sponsorships on jerseys, right? I mean, I mean, now they're. Oh, I, I mean, knew that was coming. I, I mean, I mean, on NBA jerseys. I mean, I'm. I don't know. I don't know how the ML. I don't know how MLB regulates that if they do. Um, but um, I mean, it's they they now they, they they now just outwardly show it on just not not just during broadcast, but on the jerseys themselves. Now that yeah. they're allowing, um, which soccer's done soccer. for years. Soccer's Soccer has been years. doing it for years, exactly. Yeah. You know, in, yeah. in European leagues. Yeah. As a as a person who's interested in sports branding, right? Like the way I got into this ultimately was with you know writing for Chris Creamer uh, on sportslogos.net. And you know, he he focuses on logos and he focuses on uniforms. And the introduction of ads on baseball uniforms, I think was inevitable. And I'm gonna go grumpy old man here, I guess, but I don't so maybe I'm not fully grumpy old man on this. I don't fully 100% object to ads on baseball uniforms. I think it was inevitable. I think there are some that they've like integrated the colors well and like if honestly the Phillies don't have ads yet, but if they were to do like a tasty cake ad or like a Wawa ad or you know, Pennsylvania Dutch birch beer, some like like uniquely Philly thing like mm-hmm. that have them as a sponsor. I actually think that would be kind of awesome. I would get a jersey with that on it. Um there are a lot of things that are offensive about the Atlanta Braves. One of the many things that is offensive about the Atlanta Braves is that freaking quick creed ad, that bright yellow quick creed ad on the sleeves. That of the... makes no sense whatsoever. How bad is that bright yellow ad? It dominates well, the, the whole jersey. Houston, Oxy. Well, uh, Houston's the, the, Oxy one. The Blue Jays is it the TD Ameritrade, I think is what it is. Yeah, but I that just, one actually is not as bad because you really don't notice it. Cleveland, the Guardians, Marathon, right? The same colors yeah. as their right. jerseys, red. So yeah. it blends in. Yeah, that yeah. bright yellow quick read ad on the Braves. I was just like, I can't believe what I'm looking at here. It's so yeah, bad. Yeah, that one was bad. Yeah, that one. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Excuse me, guys. I just got it. We were talking about DraftKings. I just need to sort of check in. Oh, look at that. The Carolina Panthers won me a couple of dollars today. How about that? Oh, <laughs> if you guys want to know what that was that all about, why don't you tune into the Dead High Chronicle Sports Show uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Um, okay. So, and, and where can you and where can you stream that? Oh, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, YouTube. Just look so for what, the Dead so, High Chronicles. 
Yeah. So what you're saying is really anywhere that you anywhere that you get your social media. Oh, one hundred percent, my friend. Okay. 100%. Fantastic. Okay. All right. Just, <laughs> th- th- thanks. I just wanted to make sure. Hope you guys enjoyed part two. Okay. Paul, Patrick, and I really had a lot of fun discussing the rules, relocation, all of that. Okay. Uh, make sure if you haven't listened to part one, it is on the Dead High Chronicles podcast list. It is there. Uh, also, you can check it out on CurpenMedia.com. It is there. Um, but I want to thank both of them. All right. Again, you know, they really stepped up. Up for me when I needed some help um, with some content when I lost a lot of my uh, my uh, previous episodes. So thank you so much, guys, for doing that for me. I do want to mention their separate content that they have. Okay, Patrick, MILB Hat History. It is really good. Okay, it gives you a history of the hats that the teams have put out there throughout the years, um, betting practice, home away, all that fun stuff. Okay, guys, got to take a look at that. It is really good. And then. Paul, my good friend, he has a Baseball by Design podcast. It gives you a behind-the-scenes look at what it really does look and it takes to create a logo, a design, everything, right? From colors to um, looking at uh, the history of the town, all of that. Guys got to look at it as well. CurperMedia.com for both of them, okay? And that's for me. That High Chronicles podcast, I am on Kerper Media, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, everywhere, okay? And then also, I want to make sure that you guys are aware that on every Tuesday, Thursdays, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, uh, the Dead High Chronicles Sports Show, uh, we have uh, various uh, co-hosts um, this week. Again, I'm going to have Donnie and uh, Patrick Larson. We're going to talk uh, baseball. We're going to talk football, college football, right? You know, the Major League playoffs are uh, over. Uh, Texas Rangers won. So that's done. Now we get into the college playoffs, right? The, the rankings, all that fun stuff. Uh, NFL is really heating up, so make sure you guys are uh, um, are watching that. I put that on Twitter, on YouTube, pretty much wherever you can see a, uh, a show. It is there, also on Facebook. Um, so, uh, guys, thank you so much, and then we will see you guys next week. See ya. Uh, guys, let's, let's take a break and come back next week.